0: Hi, this is Danielle Krissa from the jaws Curator. And this is a brand new episode of Art for Your Ear that I had planned on calling Coffee and Crits. Like art school, but without the crying. Um, but yep, yeah, there's already a but. As I started recording this, um, it didn't feel good at all. So since I'm the boss of me, um, I'm changing things a little bit now before I get into the why um, I just thought I should let you know that if you are listening to the podcast in the way that you always have because you downloaded it from wherever you download your podcast art for your ear is now art for your ear and your eye because you can watch these episodes on YouTube yeah you can actually see me in my freezing cold little studio I've got a toque on yet again because it's January in Canada and it's freezing. So this is just going to keep going for a while. Um, So yeah, you can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash the jealous curator, a one word. So yeah, you can watch there if you like, um, or you can just listen like you always have. Okay. Now back to why the idea of crits and coffee is not working for me. (laughs) Um, Granted, the coffee part is awesome. See, I've got that right here. But it's the other part I'm having issues with. The critiquing work or just even giving feedback is making me feel really uncomfortable now that I'm here. Oh, Danielle. Anyway, what I'm going to do is uh, talk about the questions that come in from artists and I will let you know how to submit questions. a little bit later, um, so that we can continue building this amazing community of artists who are sharing and doing and all the good stuff. Um, and I will mention the artists whose questions come in, I'll give you their Instagram handle so you can go check them out. But I am not going to delve into people's portfolios. It feels really impersonal in this format, which I didn't realize when I was sort of Brainstorming all of this, um, when it's one on one in a studio with an artist consultant or an art friend or a couple of art friends, it's different. Me giving feedback to one artist with thousands of people listening, well, it feels icky, and I don't like feeling icky. So, we're not going to do that. Um, I have done a lot of thinking in the past year about this podcast, like a lot. Moving forward, I want it to be something that works for you and for me. I have 227 artist interviews um, from the previous iteration of the podcast, and I love all of them. You can go listen to them whenever you like. They're on my site, thejawscurator.com. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, wherever. But I just needed to change the format for me creatively creatively and and i think for you because i think there's a bit more that we can um get out of it so what does that mean um well i want you to have something fun to listen to when you're in your studio or running around doing errands Um, i want the content to be helpful to as many artists as possible and I want you to finish an episode feeling inspired and excited to go and make something. And I want to feel like that too. So um, speaking of me (laughs) on my end, I think in order to make the podcast work uh, with my schedule and, and to be able to give you guys content that you want, I really wanted to cut down on the hours that it would take to produce an episode and the huge companion post that went along on my site. Um, Just so you know, Each of those 227 episodes took about 24 hours a week to put together, which is a lot of a work week. And as you know, I, maybe you know, maybe you don't, I have really put my own art, it's off the back burner, everybody. It's actually on the front of the burner and it's really what I'm trying to focus on. And so anytime I have a spare moment, I really want to be in the studio uh, either collaging or making ceramics or both. So, um, 24 hours a week to the podcast just was not working for me. Um, and I have to be totally honest. I got, and still do (laughs) have major anxiety about phoning people that I don't know. Um, I don't even like to order pizza. So just imagine what it feels like to cold call an artist who you really, really admire. Um, and they pick up the phone and then it's terrifying. It's amazing because their answers were always so good. And as soon as I was on the call, it was fine, but it was just so prohibitive for me doing the podcast because I just was so shy and nervous about picking up the phone. So I was like, okay, I gotta eliminate that part too. So all that to say, it sounds like I don't wanna do it, but all that to say, my main reason for even having a podcast is exactly the same as it was six or seven years ago when I started in the first place. I love shining a spotlight on other artists. Um, I love encouraging people to show their work, share their work, know their worth, um, and push themselves to do the work that they wanna be doing. And I wanna be doing all of that for myself as well. Um, As far as the encouragement goes, if you know my story, There was not a lot of encouragement in my art school days. In fact, my painting professor um, said to me, a painting major, about five weeks before I graduated with a painting degree, quote, you should never paint again. Um, And unfortunately I listened (laughs) for about 20 years and didn't make anything. So um, that was really dumb, Uh, but alas, it's my origin story. But if I can help anybody continue to make, or start making again, or to know that what they're making has value, whether they feel stuck or not, or whatever. That is the whole goal of everything that I do, including this podcast. So that's all of the background. So, okay, now, if I'm not going to call it Crits and Coffee, what am I going to call it? So I'm going with, hang on, I wrote it down. I'm going with On the Case. Solving creative mysteries one block at a time. <laughs> now, again, if you've listened to my podcast before, you will know that this is because I am A, kind of obsessed with true crime, mainly because I like to solve mysteries. And B, when it comes to artwork, um, and I happen to know from experience, when it's your own problem, block or issue or whatever it is, it is so hard to see the forest for the trees you, you, it's so hard to see the answer but to an outsider that's me um with a fresh perspective the solution is usually pretty clear so i will be doing these investigations i mean episodes uh on my own just me my coffee the artist's question and the occasional guest artist slash expert that i call in when needed and there will be one later today So constructive, positive advice and encouragement all wrapped up with a final action item to aim all of us, the artists who sent the question, and I'm assuming it's going to affect all of us too, um, because we're not all that different, going to sort of aim us in the right direction. Um, And, you know, if you happen to send in a question about chips or solving crime or reality TV, I bet I will have answers for that as well. Okay, so I put out this call for questions um, and concerns to the subscribing members of my No Such Thing as Too Much Art Society newsletter a couple of months ago now. I have been procrastinating. I'm sorry about that. Um, But oh my goodness, I got so many good questions. (laughs) Um, So without further ado, I am going to sip this delicious coffee. All investigators need coffee. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm going to jump into this first of what I hope is a long, inspiring, fun, motivating series. All right. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we're finally doing this. The first question is from Michelle Barkway. She is a biologist turned artist living on Vancouver Island. And this is the message she sent to me. In the last year, I feel that my signature style has really come forward. West Coast, hard edges, graphic lines, and they're being well received and loved and purchased. I love painting them and I hope they add some calm and wonder to a collector's home. But, you knew there was a but, I can't help but hear those quote-unquote experts who tell us to loosen up and create a deeper meaning to the work and like a wee art critic on my shoulder sniffling and harrumphing at my amateur brushstrokes and perceived lack of insight, definitely whispering loudly about it in a fake British accent. Oh, I love that her inner critic is British. (laughs) Um, This feels like a message that I can't help but receive from the art lords, the ones who call all the shots at Art Basel and Sotheby's, the ones who revere the banana duct tape to the wall. So my question to you, my art lord, but not the mean kind, is this. How do I create what feels right to me while slowly dipping my toes into the fine art world? How do I share my work in these circles without some greater message or deeper hidden meaning? See, how good is that? And I think probably all of us can relate to it on some level. Um, Okay, I'm going to come back to Michelle in a second, because right after I got her message, I got another really similar one and so i wanted to share this too because i think this could be one really big interesting discussion so this artist name is christina niddle and she writes i generally love my paintings and the way i work they're quite lovely and beautiful to me however i find myself wondering what they're for who can relate to that oh my god i wonder if they are just pretty pictures or if there's a deeper meaning Um, or a story that I'm not seeing or connecting with. I do want to push beyond play mode and create artwork with the intentional meaning. Oh, sorry, with intentional meaning. I struggle with feeling like I don't have anything to say or stories to tell. So when I try, it usually feels forced and not authentic. I am very interested in developing meaning after a recent show of my work made me start to think about installation and communicating through how work is displayed. Oh, that's interesting. I am wondering what suggestions you have for someone considering this journey. Do you see any clues in my work that could suggest a direction to take or ways I can find authentic stories to tell? Yes, yes I do. But again, we'll get to that in a second. So let's talk about all of this. These two letters kind of hit on the same topic of beauty and meaning, so I think that there is value in talking about both of them. So let's go back to Michelle's portfolio first. You can find her on Instagram at Michelle Barkway Art, all one word: Barkway, B-A-R-K-W-A-Y-A-R-T. Michelle Barkway Art. Um, and I'll put this underneath the. It should be under the video um, with related links, so you can find it. Um, and if you are watching on YouTube, this is the beauty of the video versus just the audio is I am going to share my screen and switch over and take you through her feed. So let's see if this works. Everybody, uh, share screen. Yep. It's happening. Is it happening?
1: Hmm. Oh, yeah. There we
0: go. Okay. Yes, you can see that, I think. Okay, so these are. um, There's Michelle. Um, And here is her work. And as she said, uh, West Coast nature, hard edge mixed with, um, you know, some realistic things. Yeah. You can take you can go through this later if you want and have a look. It's really interesting, actually, the further you scroll down, you can kind of see her style emerge. Um, I'll just zip down to the bottom and you can see that it started sort of um, a little bit more traditional and then and then slowly this sort of more like almost digital looking. It's not though it's all painted started coming into play. if you know Elise Dodge's work, uh, she was originally from BC. She lives in California now. Her work is sort of similar. Um, Douglas Copeland has also um, done, used this technique, and I kind of think of it like impressionism in the digital age. So there are um, there are some people doing it, but each of those artists is doing it very much in their own way, including Michelle. So. <clears throat> Um, I'm going to unshare and we're going to talk about this. So um, her question again, she says, I'm just going to reiterate this bottom part. Specifically, I am wondering about how to break into the fine art world. Are the art lords and gatekeepers only interested in artists who speak of their work in a complex way? Oh yeah, I went back to her and sent her an email just to clarify. And and, um, this was her message about what she really, really meant. Um, Are the art lords and gatekeepers only interested in artists who speak of their work in a complex way? My work has deep meaning, but it's personal meaning rather than an existential narrative. It's about breaking down complex landscapes into its component parts and pieces, which creates calm and order in my very busy brain. Michelle, that is exactly. Your I went and looked at your artist statement. It reads totally differently. It's sort of much more. Um, I'm a West Coast artist and I paint, you know, these West Coast scenes and in my own way. But I think, I think I have so much to say about the fine art world and artist statements and saying things in a fancy, complex way. You know what? I'm just gonna jump into it. I hate that. I I I don't, it's not necessary. You don't need to. Um, write these artist statements with a thesaurus in your right hand like I I think it's so much more you can connect with other people with with just viewers with buyers with collectors with galleries with the art lords Um, if you're just honest and you say exactly why you're making the work that you're making and I think you saying I think if you pulled out and put it into your artist statement, it's about breaking down complex landscapes into its component parts and pieces, which creates calm and order in my very busy brain. So many people would relate to that. And um, you don't need to throw, you know, society, society, or, you know, any fancy like words in there to make it sound um, better. I think, I think truth and um, being um, what's that buzzword? Um oh my gosh. Transparent and um authentic. Ah, that's the word I was looking for, is is super important. And I think um that's how you should present yourself. Um now getting into the whole idea of fine art, dipping your toe into fine art. You're already in fine art, you're making paintings every day and you're selling them. Um I think if you're looking to push yourself to be more existential, if that's what you want, like if you want to really figure out, is there more meaning behind your work? Is there more you can say about it? Are there more, are there things that you think, maybe you haven't figured them out yet. That's why we're doing this investigation. That's why I'm on the case. Maybe there's things you haven't thought about yet that you could dig a little deeper into that would, um, make them more conceptual if that's where you want to go. Um, but I also think you have to realize that, like, this work could hang in galleries now. It doesn't need all the frou-frou, um, you know, thesaurus words to make it valid. Again, my opinion, but that's sort of, that was my gut reaction. So, okay, let's go on and talk about, um, Christina for a second, because it's sort of the same thing. And um, let's see if I can share my screen again. And thank you guys for bearing with me as I learn how to do all this new stuff. Okay, so here's Christina's. Okay, so she also does landscapes, but they are very different. They are um, very abstract, most of them. And Christina, The abstract ones are totally my favorites. So I found some yesterday I wanted to show you guys. So like this one, for example. I just love this. Like it's a landscape, but it's, um, you know, pretty abstract. Uh, Then she has pieces where it's a little more uh, defined. Like there's trees. Like these ones. Oh, I do love this one too, though. Um, There we go, so we get an idea. So, um, oh, here we go. Here's the ones I was thinking of that are a little bit more um, representational. Her colors are fantastic. Okay, so let's see, again, I just wanna, um, so her question is about, um, if I see any clues in her work about meaning or pushing things further or a direction that she can take so my first thought is exactly what I said I think that there's something really beautiful in the more abstract pieces Um, I think this is a really great place to experiment I would get a whole and this applies to everybody who's sort of feeling like that I've got like kind of work this way I also kind of work this way I'm not really sure the direction that I want to take what's my visual vocabulary that is when you can get blocked really easily it's also an amazing time to experiment and play so what I would do is get a whole bunch of pieces of paper not perfect ones just even ripped get 20 of them out on a tabletop and just start playing so I would do one that's Do something quick that's all abstract and then i would do something that's abstract with one one tree maybe something representational and just keep on going and going and going through a series of these you know um and where do you feel most comfortable do you love the abstract place do you love the more representational maybe it's a combo that speaks to you um now you had said something about um about it, it, like, maybe pushing yourself conceptually by the way that the work is displayed. And I thought that was really interesting because uh, that can really lead to lots of concepts that can kind of come through that way. But I also think maybe because I maybe I misunderstood your question the first time I read it, and I instantly started to think about the work coming off the wall. And maybe you start that by elements coming off the canvas or the paper. So maybe you start working a little bit with 3D elements, like is there, I don't know, folded paper that is coming off of it. Is there, um, you know, maybe some of those, maybe it's collage, like maybe, maybe that one tree that's representational is actually cut out of another piece of painted paper and it's applied so that it is actually like a separate element. Maybe that separate element is, boosted up by a piece of little piece of foam core so that that tree actually is pushing off the surface. And I think this is part of your experimentation, right? That that could be one of the 20. So that you're just trying everything. If there's, you know, was there something that you loved? Like, did you collect, I always use feathers as an example, but did you collect feathers on your way home from school when you walked home from school? Maybe glue a feather onto one, you know, like just try uh, pushing yourself with materials, pushing yourself from two D to three D, um, and then and then also think about how you want to display it. Like, is there a way where you know some of these are in the middle of the room? Are they more like objects? Even if they're two D, they could still be displayed in the middle of the room on a plinth or something, and then they sort of become an object rather than an artwork on the wall. So that kind of I think I wonder if that sounds overwhelming that sounds like a lot of things to do but um don't think of it that way and if you know anyone listening you know the same goes for you like everybody we should all grab 20 pieces of paper and start where we are right now and just go crazy try colors you've wanted to try but they don't they're not in your palette well why not maybe they could become part of your palette um just allow yourself this time and space to play. You don't have to post any of it on Instagram. Nobody needs to see what you're doing, you know. You can give yourself a couple of weeks just to like mess around and I guarantee, I already know from experience, there will be a happy accident in there somewhere that is a eureka moment. And um yeah, and it's fun. When we were kids, we would have just done this because it was Saturday and we had pastels so um we get so in our heads about this stuff now that we're grown-ups that um we kind of need to find that kid thing again and and just play around um but I'm not just going to leave you with that I'm actually gonna at the end of all of this I'm going to give you both of you an assignment and um to Michelle and Christina but I also everybody listening you're getting the same assignment I'm getting the same assignment. Um, okay. So I'm going to keep on going here before my, before my, um, expert arrives on the scene. Um, so my newsletter, I have this newsletter I send out every day, um, Monday through Saturday and on Thursdays, uh, it's therapy Thursday. And I started a column called dear Artie, like dear Abby, but you know, art and, uh, So it's really interesting because people, um, society members will send in questions and I post them there and then the community um, will answer them and I'll tell you, it's a lot of smart people in here. So, um, an email, a a dear already question went out that was sort of about this again about this idea of beauty and meaning and do you have to have meaning and um, can things just be beautiful or what if you think it's beautiful, but you would like to start thinking about how to put some personal meaning into what you're creating. And I just thought it was such a good question. And what I loved even more were all of the answers that came from so many people. So I just wanted to read you a few, because I have a feeling you're probably thinking as we're talking about beauty and meaning, I bet you already have your own opinions. And uh, so I wanted to share a few of these opinions from my community, because I just thought they were really, really good. So this this, um, question for Dear already came in from Pretty Frustrated. So um, Jen Warden writes back, Dear Pretty Frustrated. Because you're asking, I'll assume you aren't fully satisfied with what you're creating, or it doesn't hit on some emotional level. My suggestion would be to start asking yourself questions as you create. How do I want this to feel versus look? What do I want to say with this? Say could mean anything from the world is dying to calm or bright. uh, A really helpful exercise for me has been to literally write on the canvas um, before I paint, setting my intention. I.e., she'll write, I want this to feel moody or um, remember the light as I walked that morning. And then I covered the paint or coll- with paint or collage. Something about having your path already started really infuses the work with you. How beautiful is that? Okay, so obviously I, I had to tell you guys that one. Um, and I'll put all of these people like Jen and all these people that left these comments, I'll put their Instagram handles in the notes as well so you can go and check them out. Because, um, of course, they're all artists, um, walk in the walk. Um, okay, I really like this. So, um, Pretty Frustrated had said, um, Do I have to put meaning in my work? So, Tracy Wiseman writes, and I love this. She says, Your work doesn't have to do anything. <laughs> but if you're asking this question, it's worth exploring why you believe it should. Are you seeking validation from the world outside your studio? Or are there inner yearnings you feel you want to express? It's okay to make beautiful things for beauty's sake. It's also okay for your work to have a deeper meaning and your practice can do both if you so choose. My practice is usually very emotionally dense and metaphorically rich, but every now and then I want to create something that is simply aesthetically pleasing. Try playing with both and see where it leads. The most important thing is there are no shoulds. Work is most authentic when it expresses whatever sings most loudly in your heart. Can you even? I just thought that was amazing. Um, Okay, uh, let's do one more. Um, Angela Grass, Angela Grasse. I'm gonna say Angela Grasse. there's an E on the end. Um, She said, oh, how wonderful that you are able to create beauty, absolutely. Isn't it a bit sad that the art world frowns upon it? Why does beauty have to be seen as superficial and not meaningful? Clearly, beauty has meaning to you, and that should be enough. Don't let other people's ideas of should and ought to dictate what you do. You are making this world a better place by adding beauty to it. We need more of that, not less. You guys. See, this is why, like, I just sit at my desk and cry sometimes because the community of artists that we are all surrounded by and if you just reach out to them in different ways like this is this these are the answers you get back it's amazing um okay so we looked at christina's portfolio again i will put that in the um the notes um so i am going to take a little magical break and all of a sudden, we will be back with a creative expert who is going to weigh in all of in all of these ideas of does beauty have to have meaning? How do, how can you insert meaning if you want to? And in order to sell to high end collectors, do I have to come up with some sort of fancy, deep bullshit meaning? Prepare yourselves in five, four, three, two, one. Ashley Longshore, together again. Gee, it feels so good to be together again. Yeah. I'm dressed for the occasion. I've got yeah. some bling. I've got my Rachel Burke. Um, I love oh. her. I love her
1: and I know. all the sparkle she brings to the world. I know she's awesome. Fantastic. And you wear it very well, my friend. Thank you. She made me a pink one because I've got a thing for pink. Well, and- oh, I, I I also have on pink.
0: You know. Yes. I-
1: I'm out here at my farm. So I've I've got like mud boots on and I'm out here with the dogs. And um, I'm in New York so much now that I'm like fashion in New York. And when I'm here, I'm just brawless. Yeah, baby. I'm in my studio. I'm, just, I'm native, you know?
0: I love it. Well, I think my my coat would go very nicely with your sweatpants. We'd be quite a team.
1: It would. Throw yeah. on some heels and a, a bat wing and we're ready to go out.
0: <laughs> um, So I really wanted to i know i've told you a little bit through dms and stuff that i'm shaking up the podcast a little bit and i was gonna call it crits and coffee i did a whole like you know thing at the beginning of this episode saying you know what i don't like that because i sat down to record it and i was like i don't want to cr- critique someone's work it made me feel icky
1: you know i i've always felt very uncomfortable with um uh, critics of art something so personal uh, as art how can you criticize that and also someone that's brave enough to put their stuff out there how can you rip that apart it's so subjective um, yeah so I just, I just I mean, it felt,
0: yeah it felt weird so what I'm calling it now because I love true crime so much is I'm calling it on the case I love it creative investigations to get to the bottom of things I love it I love it <laughs> So I've um a bunch of people from my newsletter have sent in questions. And it's crazy how many of them are similar. It just goes to show how creative people are you know, wherever you are, or your training, your background, wherever you live, your age, your medium, it kind of doesn't matter. We all sort of have the same trials and tribulations, right? So this first episode, the the theme that kept coming up was, and I really want to get your intake, your intake, input.
1: I'll give you my intake and my outtake. (laughs) I am gonna give you everything I've got. Uh,
0: Because I know you have opinions on this stuff. So I've kind of, uh, I sent you three questions. I'm just going to read them. So, and then we'll just discuss. So um, the questions that kind of kept coming up were, does beautiful art also have to have a deep meaning? Um, How can I push my beautiful work to also have meaning? and i know you're going to this one i'll hit home with you in order to send sell to high end collectors do i have to come up with some kind of like bullshit fancy deep meaning or can i just sell them my beautiful art
1: i mean so, okay let's start with the first part does beautiful art need to have a deep meaning is that yeah. what you Yeah like an existential first of all uh, beauty is completely subjective If you as an artist are creating something that you find beautiful, that is soothing your soul, it's meditative, that in itself is an experience that someone will have when they see your work. Maybe that feeling is joy. Maybe it's bliss. Maybe it's not having to pontificate about something super intensely. I mean, you know... Th- that is what's important. What's important is that you as the artist have created something that brings you joy. that That's what we're sharing. You definitely don't need any bullshit uh, randomness to sell your art to anybody. I mean, a picture paints a thousand words. You just need to do what makes you happy. You need to do what feels right. And you need to find your audience through having shows and putting yourself out there. And when you find that, you you will have that intimacy and connectivity that we all long for as creative people. Um, Also, there are no rules. There are no rules. Repeat after me. There are no 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 rules. rules. There are only the rules and boundaries that you put on yourself or that I put on myself and I fucking do it too as someone who, you know, paints lots of pieces with text, beautiful women, you know, I paint these beautiful women because they make me feel strong, they make me happy. They're beautiful. There's not some big huge commentary about uh, politics in the world. Not everything has to be that not everything has to instigate a debate about what's right or wrong if you want to do that do that you want to paint something beautiful that makes you happy and that soothes your soul i promise you that's infectious you just have to find the people that relate to you and your vision and they're out there damn it there are billions of people on this rock yeah see i knew
0: we were going to have a little sermon from the church of ashley because i was
1: true. It's true. I know, and I know, and you
0: you articulate it so perfectly. And I was like, this is who I need to have on this episode because I knew you would say it so well. Um and 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 speak to those people who are having this, you know, this question in their mind. Um now, that said, I know that like some of your work, um well, you know, you have certain series where you do touch on things that are really important to you, like um all of the your women series like your roar work right like that's all about um it, they're beautiful but they're also
1: about feminism and
0: empowering women through other women and they are
1: a reminder for me to never give up when the world doesn't understand me when everything's going to hell in a fucking handbasket, when you know when everything feels like it's going to shit I look to these women who have been authentically themselves and have never given up and they are they are who they are and they make me brave they make me happy they make me strong period Mm -hmm. that's why I do it
0: yeah. And see and that's what I think is so interesting because they are beautiful pieces but they they have this meaning to you. And that's yeah. what I was saying before you came on I was talking about the fact that like make the beautiful work that you want to make. If you are feeling if you're asking this question it might be because you're at this precipice of being like I love the beautiful work I'm making but can I can I tap into something else. And it doesn't have to be political. It doesn't need to be cause a big shitstorm. but is there something in you you want to express? Like in my work, for example, um, you know, touching on things like I'm doing this whole witchy series right now because of when I was in Venice, um, there was all sorts of witchy things that happened, but also the women that I met that were in the course that I was teaching, there was just something really witchy and weird in the air. And I wanted to harness that. Now, it gets super personal for me in a whole bunch of ways. Do I put that in my artist statement? I don't think I will. But for me, it's all infused in the work and it comes out as really beautiful, sort of fun, feminist work without me having to say in the artist statement, society's view on women and blah, blah, Like, you know what I mean? So I, I, I kind yes. of want And
1: you know what, you know what, you don't have to disclose anything. I can see somebody's beautiful child and I don't need to know what position they were having sex in when they made the baby. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's some things that you can, that you can keep and, and hold them close to your heart. You can share them when, when you're ready. You're an artist because let, let's be real. We have to make art. It's the way we escape from the world. It's terrifying out there. The world is full of fear and unknown. And when we are creating as artists, we have control over our environment. Maybe we need to make something beautiful. Maybe we need to take our fear and our anger or our upset. And instead of focusing on that, maybe we take that energy and we produce something beautiful and we change our frequency. Yeah. And that is, is what we get to do. Yeah. How dare we're lucky. That's yeah. what we get to do. Yeah.
0: When I did that big series last year. But
1: wait, I, I do think I'm going to start asking people what position they were having sex in when they made their children. <laughs> Just to see, because I think some people would tell me and maybe, maybe I do want to know, you know? Well,
0: it wouldn't have popped into your mind if you didn't. I know. I'm not yeah. right. You
1: know, you know, I'm not right.
0: So <laughs> Which is why I love you oh so much.
1: Um,
0: I talked about this a lot last year uh, when I had that big surgery and was so sad afterwards and was just sort of on my couch feeling sorry for myself. And I was thinking, you know, that's the really cool thing about being an artist. Like what you're saying is like we have this superpower to take something bad, like the world or a surgery or grief or whatever it is. And if we want to transform it into something beautiful, we can and that and not like you said off the top beauty is enough you don't have to have all the stuff like especially like where we find ourselves right now beauty is like don't you i know you do you seek it out because it's like okay there's enough of a trash fire over here i just want to see happiness and beauty and joy and that is enough
1: i think i think It's really interesting creatively when you are in that mode and you're making something and then you start to maybe think about the business side of it or who's going to like this. Are they going to like it? Am I going to be able to pay my rent this month? Is anybody going to understand this? And all of that fear is, um, you know, that that just really is a joy killer big time. I also think, um, and I was just talking to my therapist about this. God, I love therapy. Um, You know, even even that word, maybe, you know, like maybe they'll like it. Maybe they'll get it. You know, there's a lot of fear in that word, maybe. The answer is the right people will understand this. Mm. Not everybody has to understand it. Not everybody has to think it's beautiful. Not every motherfucker has to like it. You know, also, you don't just because you make it that, you know, you're an artist, you don't have to go be a fucking content creator. I feel like now, like we're supposed to be uh, movie producers and sound artists and making, you know, short films every day on top of making our artwork. And, you know, all these social media platforms that we've used for so long, they're changing all the fucking algorithms. Like how are we getting to our fucking audiences? How are we putting ourselves out there? Fear, 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 fear so so what if you're in the moment and you want to make something beautiful so at the end of the day you go damn that makes me happy Mm -hmm. that is what this is all about and the rest of it's just fucking noise yeah yep
0: i'm gonna ask you my last question and i'm gonna let you get back to your painting in your boots um and i know you're gonna get all fired up about this which i'm very excited about so one Mm -hmm. of the one of the women asked she refers to um the fine art world, you know, like, you know, the fine art world as the art lords and that they hold this power and they decide, you know, who is, who who gets displayed at all these places. Oh, only and, if
1: you let them.
0: Yeah, so now, and so she she's worried about that. She feels like she's doing this beautiful work and she can't, the art lords, the, these gatekeepers to the fine art world, won't let her in unless she comes Why up is with she them. giving
1: them all the power?
0: yeah go this is what yeah
1: listen i started my own damn career because i was told i wasn't marketable by art lords i i was told that i would never have a fucking career by the art lords you know i mean i've had to grab uh you know i've had to grab this career by the fucking labia menorah and work my ass off and figure out how to make my own path by the way you know um fuck the art lords you know okay great if the art lords work out for you but also you know there's a grand possibility that with an art lord you lose control over who your clients are you're giving up massive percentages of your artwork you know is your artwork just sitting back in you know those little art container slots and somebody's just sitting in a gallery not representing you the way that you feel like you should be represented We live in a time now where, yes, you can use social media. You can do all these things. You can work as hard as you want and save up your money and go get a little space and have your own goddamn gallery. That's what I did. Nobody gave me fucking anything. You know, like, is it the easiest way? Hell no. Is working with the art lord easy? Hell no. Is any of this easy? Fuck no. But if, if you put all your power into, I can never get ahead because of the art lord's, going to get ahead. Yeah. If all I did was think about male artists get paid so much more than me and blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm really putting my energy in the wrong place. Shouldn't I be focusing on me and producing artwork and putting myself out there so that I'm seen and I can go out there and say how I'm feeling? Yeah. You put your energy in the right direction. You know, when you're building a fire, you can build a fire that will burn your fucking house down, or you can build a fire that will make you warm, you know? Build that fire for that, for that heat that keeps you working and thriving. Don't burn your own goddamn house down.
0: And scene. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Ashley, see, I knew you were going to, we're still recording, but I knew you were going to answer all of those exactly like that. And I love it. And I know that everybody that's listening is all fired up fire. Don't burn your house down. I hope so. And that, I just, thank you so much.
1: Well, I'll say this, in a world full of opinions and social media and everybody having a platform to say whatever they want about anybody or rip anybody apart, there's never been a better time to be a creative person expressing the beauty of the human spirit in the most beautiful way that you know how, even if your beauty is sheer horror to someone else don't be afraid to do that because that is some magical shit
0: yeah yeah thank you so much my wonderful friend and you know what people still can't believe this nor can i we've never met in real life 2023 i it will fucking happen yes there will be ranch dressing there will be glitter and we will we will hug for the first time ever I cannot wait. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for doing this. And um, I will talk to you.
1: It's always a pleasure.
0: You too. Bye. Bye. How amazing was that? You see, on the crime shows, they bring in like forensic experts and things like that. On this show, we bring in Ashley Longshore and she talks about beauty and meaning and saying fuck you to the art lords when it's appropriate. So Michelle and Christina, I hope that Ashley and I answered your questions and you know all the dear Arty letters as well, all sort of feeding into this. Everyone else who's listening, I hope that this has touched um, a nerve for you and has left you feeling sort of inspired and empowered about your own work. Um, but before I let you go, I'm going to give you an assignment because I just can't not give assignments for some reason. Um, and it's a list because I also love lists. So two columns on the left, a column that's titled what's important to me, even outside of art. Um, so is that feminism? Is it the environment? Is it your family? Is it crime shows? Um, what is important to you? On the other side, I want you to write a column that is um Things that you love visually. So, um, what kind of um, objects or images do you like using repeatedly? What color palettes do you love? Um, and then, what mediums do you love working with? Or maybe it's mediums also that you have never tried, but you would love to start working with, like me and clay, because I always wished that I had, you know, dabbled in it, but I never kind of, it seemed Uh, like it wasn't I wasn't allowed to do it for some reason anyway I do it now and I love it so are there things that you could um add to that materials list that you maybe want to try so you've got you're going to have these two lists I want it just you know take yourself out for a coffee and something chocolatey and just write write and write and write in both of these columns and um like Michelle for example you know you've got this west coast look um these landscapes and you know you say that the the meaning behind them for you is is sort of breaking down the components and adding that calm to your busy brain um but I think if you push yourself to think about this more there might even be more um like why are you not doing like urban landscapes why are you not painting houses why are you painting trees and ocean and rock what you know is there something from childhood is there something um I, I don't know what, what is that? And sort of sometimes we create things and we aren't even sure why we just, we have the idea or we have a picture in our head and we just have to make it because as Ashley said, we are artists and we can't not make. Um, but I'm sort of challenging you to think about it a little bit more. Like why, why am I doing this? Um, sorry to sound like a broken record, but if you've heard me talk before, I used to always use the queen, Queen Elizabeth in a lot of my work. And I never really knew why I just gravitated to her image. I just thought, Oh, it's, you know, kind of pop culture. Like we all know who the queen is. Um, It's kind of funny to put her in silly situations in my collages. And I kind of thought that was it until I started pushing myself and, you know, wrote some lists about like, well, why, why am I using the queen repeatedly? And after a bit of investigation, investigation on the case, um, branding so important um I started to realize that it was because she reminded me so much of my grandmother and in fact I actually did a sketchbook project um where I I called it um uh something my muse make making my muse no anyway I was trying to figure out why um why i was using the queen and so i did all this research into queen elizabeth turns out she and my grandmother were born the same year they got married the same year they both had four children um i mean they dressed a lot alike because it was the fashion of the time Um, but all these different things that were so similar that i didn't even realize and so then when i kept using the queen after doing this bit of research there was so much more of my personal story infused because my grandmother was kind of along for the ride, and I didn't have to put that in my in my artist statement if I didn't want to. Um, I chose to. I chose to explain why I was using the British monarch in all of my work, um, but it just added so much more depth for me w- when I was making. So. Um, To both of you guys and to everyone listening, that's sort of my challenge for you this week. Make these lists, push yourself to think about why you're naturally doing the things you're doing, why you are drawn to the things you're naturally drawn to. And I bet you will find that there is so much more below the surface that you don't even know Um, that you can then bring back and put into your work and um, Michelle I don't know maybe that's what the you feel like the art lords are looking for (laughs) or uh, Christina maybe this is what will help um, when you do those experiments with all the different pages that I want you to do Um, maybe when you have more of a sense of what it is you want to say and how you want to say it um, the direction will kind of unfold in front of you because you will have Done the research to find the answers. Anyway, that is a wrap on the first um, episode of On the Case with the Jealous Curator investigating creative mysteries. I feel like I need new music. I need some sort of like dateline type music to sing me out. Anyway, um, thank you so much for being here. I think I just got a text message. I don't know if you all heard that ping. I guess that means it's time to wrap it up. I will be back with a brand new episode with new questions and hopefully a new uh, surprise guest to weigh in on the situation. And uh, I will be back in a couple of weeks. See you then.